Welcome to the Fancy Sports Cave. This is David Johnson IV, and we're here with Stephen Zezema. How are you doing, Stephen? Holy shit, man. I don't think I've been this hungover since I was like 19 years old. But I'm feeling good, man. It was a good night. We, uh, we, we were entertained by a somewhat good game, but overall a really good night, you know? I had a good time. You? Uh, yeah, me and Gio went to uh, the public house, and we got pretty buck wild there. Um, had a good time. We, uh, little, this is a little fun tip for you guys out there. Um, to, to, we pre-gamed it to, to save money. We pre-gamed it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we poured the rest of our, our Sailor Jerry's into a Gatorade bottle. <laughs> and I had it in my jacket the whole time. And then we just got some ginger ale and some Sailor Jerry's and we were good to go. Bam. That's how you do it. Save that money. Save that money. All right. So let's, let's, let me, give me your first analysis on this game and how's it going? Let me t- tell me how you feel. Tell me how you really feel about this game. Uh, greatness can be boring, I guess. You know, it's kind of like watching Bama out there. or It feels like I'm watching Alabama out there with the dominance. Like, with uh, when this team has time to prepare, it's almost unfair, like, to, to, to play them. Like, it's we, – we just saw – like, Brady didn't even play that good of a game. Uh, one could argue that he was a below-average performance, right, on his part. And it, it just looked dominant out there. I mean, number one, they protected him. He, he, he was sacked once. He was only hit three times throughout the entire game. So he, they protected him well. They gave him a great running game. To, two, two running backs in Sonny Michelle and Rex Burkhead um, compiling for 25 total rushes, both of them averaging well over five yards a carry. Julian Edelman, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did, he, did he win MVP? Uh, he, I, did. I, he did. I, win. He did? Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, shit, I was wrong. I, I totally thought it was going to be one of the running backs. James White was surprisingly underused, I, I felt. Two um, rushes for four yards? Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was going to be a bigger part of the game plan, but it turns out Rex was the was the RB2 for him that day. I mean, but my God. Hey, we saw Gronkowski finally come out. Yeah. Um, we saw and the sandbag and finally stop. He had a dominant performance last night. Um, yeah, man, when, when they're prepared – no one's better like for a 53 man roster like player for player there's a lot of teams that you could say are better but goddamn the coaching and the preparation is just it's unmatched in this league yeah and i i like the way they utilized rex burkhead and sony michelle um they both averaged like you said over five five point yards per carry burkhead seven rushes 43 yards for 6.1 yards and then um per per carry and then sony michelle with 5.2 on 94 yards rushing and a mm-hmm. touchdown and the biggest theme for me was who's going to get the downfield shot. And that's the biggest play. I think the biggest play of this whole game was that 29-yard 20, reception by Gronkowski. Mm. Diving, in, diving and catching the ball at the four or the two-yard line. And whatever team was going to get the goal line, they were going to score. Whether it was the Rams, you get Targurley in there, you get CJ Anderson. It's going to happen. So the fact that the, they got Sony Michelle in there, got the touchdown, I thought was the keyest key the biggest key in this game and the other big key on defense side the rams were held outside the red zone the whole game and that's just impossible like you never hear that a team held out the red zone the whole game yeah phenomenal to me um just insane overall but um what else you gotta you gotta add on to it yeah you know we were talking a lot about how for the rams to win we see we need to see their front four especially their front seven go up not only contain the run, but be able to get pressure on Tom Brady with those front four with the interior line. And they did to some extent, but it ended up being the Patriots front four, the Patriots front seven, really. They ended up focusing on at the end of the day. 
Um, 17 carries between Todd Gurley and CJ and 60 yards. Um, they were bottled up most of the night. Um, the offense in general was bottled up most of the night. I mean, Jared Goff completed, I believe it was less than 50% of his passes or maybe right at 50%. 19, of 19 out of 38. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it was the, it was the Pats defense that re- really rose to the occasion. Um, and in this case, I mean, we just saw complete dominance on that side of the football, like. In the first in, in the first half, I think they recorded two first downs. Like I, I remember, we were we hit the two minute warning, and I was like, "Damn, I don't know if they got a first down yet." Like it was just complete dominance. They were not able to run the football. We were wondering, me, me and you were wondering for a while, what is it the Patriots are going to key in on? Because they want to take away your best. They they always want to take away your best uh, your best weapon. And I guess in this case, they fo- decided to focus on the running game, take away the play action pass because it won't have any threat come the second half. Um, <clears throat> Um, we, yeah, it was just a great performance, man. Like it almost bored you with how <laughs> with how dominant it was. But they took some of the best weapons and the second best offense in the league, if not the best offense in the league, and they completely flattened them. It was great to watch. It was very entertaining to watch. But at times, it was it was a bit boring. I don't know. I, compared to the Super Bowls we've had recently, we've been spoiled. Last year's shootout with the Eagles, two years ago with a twenty five point comeback. This was just utter dominance. Yeah, and, and um, I was one of those people saying this is a boring game. That's a football fan view of it. But, or, I mean, me and you, and I was you know, talking about this podcast right now, it was the greatest defensive dominance over any team I ever seen or witnessed. They, the Rams were averaging 33 points during the season, 28 in the postseason, and managed to only get three points. You mentioned earlier they only got two first downs. They had zero points, 57 total yards, six punts, and two first downs in the first half, which is the fewest in the Sean McVay era. Oof. Those numbers alone just showed how this team went. They only managed to get three points to this high-powered offense. Todd Gurley, I was really – if talk about disappointment. I think Todd Gurley is the biggest disappointment here. He came in real emotional, riding high off the last win with not that much carries. Mm-hmm. And he came in – 10, run, 10 carries and 35 yards, and he came in during the second half. He only had two touches in about the first half. C.J. Anderson wasn't getting this, so they threw Todd Gurley in. He wasn't really getting it as well. It's just I'm a little disappointed in that Jared Goff, 19 for 38, 220 yards, and an interception, and that interception was the biggest yeah. downfall. They got, the, they got the momentum, no huddle, no huddle. He was getting mm-hmm. rushed and underthrew. Oh, was so bad to underthrew his receiver so bad. But he had pressure. He couldn't get his plant foot down. Couldn't step yeah. into his pass. I don't blame him for that. But it was a bad pass. And and then right after that, they just ran it down. I remember it was like a third and one. And I think Burkhead just ran it for like twenty some yards, and that was it. And um, and it's just it's heartbreaking because I'm a Charger fan. Well, I was going for the home team. And um, the biggest, another biggest thing, too, they didn't execute on turnovers. They got an interception the first half. I thought the momentum switched real quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then punt. Couple couple drives later, they went on in fourth down, uh, turned it over, turned over the ball, didn't get nothing to punt. If you go through all the drives, punt, 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 punt. Like, you get tired of saying the word because how much you're saying punt. They didn't score until the late of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? The late third quarter. I think the real MVP in this game was Johnny Heckler. Not Johnny Heckler, the other punter. <laughs> the punting uh, was more more goddamn interesting than the the the, the offense. They're yeah. getting in on what's the kick? Ryan Allen. 
He had five Ooh. punts, averaged 43 yards per punt, three punts inside the 20, and a long of 53 yards. Of, um, that was his longest punt. Give that dude the goddamn MVP. That dude was punting like his life was on the line. Shout out to Ryan Allen, dude. He I don't think he gets enough credit. Punters don't get enough credit. But um, I think he should get some credit. He, he They really nailed the Rams, um, held them back, you know, inside the 23 times. And all those drives that were inside the 20 led to either a punt or a turnover. So, I mean, it was just amazing. They didn't execute on John, um, the kicker, the Patriots kicker, um, missing that kick. They didn't execute on that. I mean, a lot of miscues and a lot of disappointment coming from the L.A. Rams. Yeah, I'm sure there's a big cloud just hanging over L.A. this morning. It, it not just the rain, because I drove in that shit earlier. It's just not the rain. It's it's a cloud. I know what cloud you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different kind of cloud, man. It's a different kind of cloud. Yeah, we saw a little bit of uh, we saw a little bit of the experience play a factor, right? From Jared Goff as opposed to Tom Brady, from Sean McVay as opposed to Bill Belichick. I think if Sean McVay could do it again, he would turn his boy loose way earlier in the game. It was too passive in my in, in my opinion. They were yeah. playing really passive, really early. No deep shots. Every deep shot was overthrown. Mm-hmm. Not there. Miscommunication mis- with um, receivers, the routes. Um, I think you're completely right. Maybe the nerves, you know, the Rams don't really have that much veterans. The veterans they did have didn't step up. Um, let's see. I have it right here. Um, Aaron Donald on tackles. What else? Um Talib only got four tackles. <clears throat> Dominican Sue got one tackle, one assist. Um, there's any pass deflections? No pass deflections. Um, Marcus Peter got a pass deflection, but Marcus Peters let Edelman go all over him. These veterans didn't step up like I thought they should have. Um, it's just a disappointment all around. That Belichick yeah, I mean, genius. I feel you, bro. Like the um. Yeah. Yes, like the Rams definitely could have played better. But, I mean, just the fact that they held New England to 13 points, I mean, it wasn't a bad performance per se, but it's just it's just overshadowed by what the Patriots did. I mean, I, we got to give some more love to them. They hit, they hit Jerry Goff 12 times. I didn't even see that number until just now. 12 hits on the quarterback, four sacks on him, seven total tackles for mm-hmm. a loss. Like, this this defense was dominant. Stephen Gilmore, or Stephon Gilmore, excuse me, was on an island. With, he was following Brandon Cooks all over the place for most of the night. We saw Pat Chung go down, one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, They did not miss a step on defense. They did not miss a step. And the pressure was coming from everywhere, whether it's Dante Hightower, whether it's corners coming off the edge at McCourty, um, Kyle Van Noy, um, Gilmore coming up, came off the edge a couple times. Like um, Even Adrian Claiborne's old ass got in there and hit the quarterback a couple times. Yeah. I mean, they were finding all sorts of ways to get at the quarterback. People forget that. Bill Belichick is a defensive was a defensive coordinator before a head coach. Like he is, this this team, believe it or not, is kind of defense first at times. McDaniel's is the play caller. They have their, their own um, islands on that. But um, yeah, just gotta express a little love to the to the to the Patriots D here. Like the Rams put a, a pretty decent performance on defense, holding the goat to thirteen points and still hit him four times. Not in the although you know it just pales in comparison what the Patriots did. But yeah, just great performances on the defensive side of the football. I will give them some credit because it is hard to get the Patriots to only score 13 points. It's just offensively, did they not get off? You know, they they abandoned the run way too early, um, and they just didn't have it there. Those that the best offensive line, according to the, the NFL, the best offensive line in the league in the Rams mustered 
less than 60 yards rushing. That doesn't sound like the best offensive line to me. I didn't even know that was a award until Bleacher Report posted it on Instagram. I was like, that's a real that's a real award on the NFL honors. I was like, okay, I'll take it. But what is offensive line of the year? Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, they do like that truck commercial, the four tough offensive line. The Rams won that award. I oh. didn't even know about the thing, but it is. So now that we've done talking about the Super Bowl here, let's talk about the future. So first question I want to give you. Um, the head, the, the defensive coordinator for the Patriots is now the Dolphins head coach. Mm. Do you think that is a good move for Flores? Good move for the Dolphins and what that means for the Dolphins? Oh, man. I mean, good for Flores. Like if you get a head coaching opportunity, <clears throat> freaking take it, man. Like I think for Flores is a great idea. It's uh, for the Dolphins. I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, we've seen so many um, Bill Belichick assistant coaches go on to just flop. I mean, McDaniels flopped. Um, Eric Mangini flopped eventually. Um, who, 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 every assistant that I can remember coming out from New England to go be a head coach elsewhere has not worked out. So I don't think it's a good idea for the Dolphins. I don't think the Patriots are going to miss a step. They find somewhere. They, they'll find somebody. And, and like I said, Bill Belichick is basically the defensive coordinator anyway. So I, I think they'll be fine on that front. The scheme isn't going to change. Bill will take over if he if he needs to, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if uh, that's the best move for the Dolphins. The track record, the track record just doesn't look very good. Okay, I agree with you on that. Um, it's just the Dolphins are kind of a mess with no quarterback. I mean, I think they're moving on from Tannehill. Um, Brock Osweiler's still there, but um, we got a lot of there's there's a lot more than just head coaching problems with Dolphins. We'll dig into these coming up next weeks when we cover that division. Another yeah. another great question. Another coach from the the Rams, quarterback coach Zach Taylor, will be the next head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Mar the Marvin Lewis era is over. Thank God. Zach Taylor, head coach. Who is this guy? What do you think? I have no idea who Zach Taylor is. But I thought Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor, the veteran linebacker, you know. Oh. I thought it was him. It's not him. Oh. I okay. thought it was him. That's why I was like, oh, okay, you got, you know, a football guy. Quarterback coach from the Rams, Zach Taylor. Never heard of him. I got a Wikipedia. Oh, okay. I see what's going on there. Yeah. Anything linked to Sean McVay, if you've had coffee with Sean McVay, you are a head coach in Canada in the National Football League. Like, <laughs> everybody wants what Sean McVay has. If, if your name is attached to Patty Mahomes at all, you're also gold. Like, we saw – we saw um, – Kinberg. Yeah. Yeah. We, we saw, didn't, he, didn't he get hired in, like, Arizona or something? Yeah, the, he's a head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really interested to uh, see how that works out over there with Josh Rose. Okay, quick, quick tangent. You think he's going to draft a quarterback? He was bragging about how Murray is. You think he's going to abandon Josh Rosen or go with the quarterback? Or keep oh, I see it? what you're saying. Like, trade Josh Rosen – and, yeah, the thing uh, I heard I'm hearing Josh Rosen is getting traded. They'll pick up a new quarterback, or they're going to pick up a new quarterback and have a quarterback controversy type thing. They better no. If they're going to draft a quarterback, they're going to ship. They're going to ship Rosen. There's no way you can't spend two top ten picks back to back years and keep just keep both of them and like like I don't know. It's just you're not maximizing your dollar. Like I I don't know. Like you're. If you're going to draft Murray, Murray's your guy. You know, shipping off Rosen. Like, I saw preliminary reports of shipping Rosen in exchange for, like, OBJ. And. Hold on. What? You said Rosen for OBJ? Yeah, I saw reports a couple weeks ago of them shipping Rosen to New York for OBJ. And, you know, as a Giants fan, I didn't hate it. 
I didn't I didn't hate it because wide receivers they're like they're like icing. You know what I mean? Like they're really great to have around, but you don't need them. <laughs> I, I guess like have the Patriots had a dominant number one receiver? Like does Julian Edelman count as that? I I, I don't know. Like I. You, I would, I, I would, I'll, I believe in Josh Rosen. I think Josh Rosen is going to be a quality quarterback in this league. I think he had absolutely nothing to work with, no running game, no, barely a defense to speak of, and you had Larry Fitzgerald. So I don't know. I think there's a, a lot of untapped potential there. Um, I don't. Damn. I don't know. I, I, I hope they don't. But if they do, Josh Rosen's out of there. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I think. But mm-hmm. see, the thing with with these quarterbacks coming in as rookies, you just kind of want to sit them. But in some situations, they had uh, who I don't know the quarterback for the Cardinals were besides Josh Rosen, like Baker Mayfield coming in for Tyron Taylor, like Lamar Jackson coming in for um, Joe Flacco, like these situations where they have to rise to the occasion when sometimes they're not ready. And I think that's what happened with the Cardinals. I don't think he was ready. He didn't have nothing to work with, like you said. Uh, no defense, nothing. They're dead last in every single category speakable, like. So I kind of feel bad for the guy. I think they should give him a chance. I don't think they should move on mm-hmm. from him. And they should definitely, definitely work with them, get some pieces in the draft, maybe some defense, maybe some offense. You need a lot. Well, the Cardinals need a lot, but they need to start somewhere. And I think Josh Rosen is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, shoot, that being said, since we're talking about like where teams are going from here, like what do you do if you're the Pats? Like, Are you drafting a quarterback? I mean, Brian Hoyer isn't the future. Um, like how – what what are you if you're if you're Robert Kraft, what are you spending your first round pick on? Ah, uh, that that's a good question. Um, I think wherever he goes, whoever the scouts are, whoever is in charge of making that pick, I think <clears throat> whoever they pick, they're gonna make a quality player. You've seen players with no names come out of the pay, the pay, Patriots and ball out with great coaching like that. Um, a quarterback actually, a quarterback might be. Maybe not a first rounder, but you might want to get someone behind Brady, and, and you got to find an apprentice. You know, mm-hmm. you got to find an apprentice for for um, Brady because if you get a young mind into the way Brady plays, send him a couple years, and then he comes out when Brady retires, they could keep the dynasty going. Um, they definitely got to get a quarterback sooner or later. I think the sooner the better. Maybe wait another year's wait. Maybe wait for that Clemson boy. I think that's mm. what I, that's yeah. what I would do. Um, yeah. the Chargers, I'll wait for that Clemson boy. That dude is a baller. Um, not really big on offense this year in the draft, so maybe you go defense. Maybe you get a stud in the linebackers. Maybe a D-line. That D-line is kind of getting a little old. Get some D-linemen in there. Maybe a safety. Um, get a skilled player. I mean, wherever they go, they're going to be good with the coaching staff there. You've you seen it before, and I'm going to see it again. Yeah, man. Um we've seen it time and time again, like give a, to give a quarterback the best chance, you want to give him the clipboard, sit him down for some period of time behind a good offensive mind. We saw it with Aaron Rodgers, two years, two, three years with the clipboard behind Brett Favre is now going to be ending up as one of the all time greats. Um, Not putting Eli Manning in the same stratosphere, but we saw him hold the clipboard for a year behind Kurt Warner man goes on to win two Super Bowls. Like Tom Brady held the clipboard for for a year or two for Drew Blitzo. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's imperative. It's very, very, very important that they get a good young quarterback in there learning from Tom Brady this offseason. Because uh, no hate on Tom Brady. I, I don't hate Tom Brady, but he looked he looked his age a bit last night. He, he missed some throws. Um, it, it's, it's, it's come up a couple times this year. And I, I still think he is a top 10 quarterback in this league without 
not really with too much debate on my on my end. Um, I think they've got two years left. I think they've got exactly two years left of quality play, and I think they need to, for instance, maybe get that boy from Duke, or um, he's projected to go in the late first round. Like, like you said, there aren't many big offensive weapons projected to go um, in the first round, let alone the top ten. Um, mo- most of the others, a heap of quarterbacks projected in the second and third round. So maybe you could pick someone up there if you'd like anyone. Um, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be completely astounded if they. I know the Patriots never trade up. They never do, but maybe this warrants that type of situation. Maybe it is time to go get a Dwayne Haskins. I I don't know. I I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots made a move this year in the draft. If there's, if they're, if they like their guy, they're going to do it. Like they, they don't, they don't often pay up in free agency, but they did for Stefan Gilmore. They really liked him. They don't often spend high draft capital on a, on an offensive weapon. They did, they did with Sony Michelle and it, and it showed uh, with his touches and his work over the course of the year. So uh, I don't know. All I know is there's a plan. Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be the guy. They found a great one. That guy's gonna. That guy's gonna go on to do great things in San Francisco. It just turned out Tom had way more in the tank than they originally anticipated. So they'll probably figure it out. I mean, they, they drafted Jimmy G in like the third, fourth round, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they'll be okay. But uh, I think it's, in, in my opinion, it's pretty important that they that they uh, get someone to hold Tom's clipboard this offseason. That who isn't Brian Hoyer. I agree. Brian Hoare is not the answer. So let me give you another question. ESPN, let's see, five hours ago, released the 2009 way too early power ranking. So I'm going to give you one through 10. I'm going to tell you how you feel about it. Number one, Rams. Two, Chiefs. Three, Saints. Fourth, Patriots. Fifth, Chargers. Six, Bears. Seventh, Colts. Eighth, Seahawks. Nine, Texans. Ten, Ravens. Do you see that changing or you think that's correct? Way too early predict great power rankings. Huh. Um, I'm a little surprised the Ravens are in there ahead of the Cowboys. Um, I think 53-man roster per, I, I think, uh, Dallas has in there. But um, do I see any big changes, especially in the top five? No. No, I, I don't. So I, you I, don't I, disagree with the Rams being number one? Uh, do I disagree with it? Um, I mean, th- those top four are very interchangeable, but uh, I don't have a problem with any of them being first from those four teams you mentioned between New England, Los Angeles, Kansas City, and – who was that fourth one? New Saints. England. It's Rams, Saints, yeah. Chargers. If you uh, if you put any of those four on top, I'm not gonna be mad about it. But um, I mean, it's got to be either the Patriots or the Rams in first right now, right? <laughs> if you're if you're gonna rank them, um, I guess that's fourth. Yeah, that's a little disrespectful. I, I guess um, it it is for next year. They are probably looking at the youth and the pieces in place. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too upset about any of them being uh out in front. Why do you have any quarrels with that? Um, the Rams, I'm a little confused with. If uh, I know, I think they post this for controversy because I'm reading the comments and they're going buck wild in here. But they only score three points, and defensively, I see they're a top five team. But when it comes down to it, they're not. They're not. You know, they're not the best team in the NFC. I think. I think that the Saints are above them. And um, I think maybe the Seahawks are playing real close to them. I think this next year they're going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. The Bears, I could see the Bears competing with them. I think I'm abandoning the Rams a little too early. Um, I sound like I'm yeah. dropping chip already on them, but <clears throat> I'm just really disappointed in what they did. So that's probably why. Look at these comments. Oh, my God. Um, what kind of drugs are ESPN on? Oh, this is a funny one. Where is Zion on this list? <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, no my Eagles. Got that boy. I'm excited. Crazy. No Eagles. You think Eagles are a top 10 team? 
Wow. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about the, the Eagles. Um, if they're healthy, they certainly compete. If they're healthy, they definitely compete. Isn't that crazy, though? Last year's, last year's Super Bowl champion ain't even in the top 10 of the rankings going into the yeah. next season. That, that's insane. Browns definitely up there. Shake my head. What? Browns? Uh, they're not a top 10 roster yet, bro. Come down. Sleeping, sleeping on the Falcons this year. Falcons are on a down spiral. I'll tell you that right now. They're going nowhere for a while. Yeah, you know, I thought offensively, I thought offensively they had a good year. I mean, uh, Matt Ryan put up studly numbers in fantasy. We saw Julio hasn't lost a step. They just didn't have much of a running game without Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman, like, you know how, like, sometimes people go down and uh, the number two receiver or the backup running back gets the spotlight, they get all the touches, they get all the looks, but they just they're, – they're not able to – to do what you thought they were going to do because they're really just a complimentary piece. They're not the bell cow. I, that kind of sounds mean, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I mean. Yeah, that was kind of the situation with Tevin Coleman this year. If, 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 if Devontae comes back healthy, I think that offense could be top 10, but that defense, yeah, it's pretty Oh, good. my God. <laughs> I mean, uh, there was a point I was considering streaming them one week. It was just a bad week for me. Like, I just said, there was nothing on the waiver wire. I had recently traded a defense because someone was dumb enough to take that. But, um, I remember looking them up. I was like, well, they can't be that bad. Like, they're playing the Giants. Like, this is probably usable. I look them up. Average negative eight over the last month. I was like, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's not. Mm-mm. No. I'm just not going to play defense. Fuck that. No. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm about overrated. It's kind of weird. All right. Well, there you have it. There's the NFL Super Bowl podcast. And um, coming up, this, this um, we're going to probably Wednesday. I'm going to shoot for Wednesday. We're going to start breaking down each division, two teams per division. And we're starting with your team first with the NFC East, West, mm-hmm. East, NFC East, sir. The NFC East, we're going to tackle down the Giants, what they need, everything about them. And we're going to tackle the Redskins. And after that, Cowboys and Eagles. I'm going to have fun with that one. Yes, sir. Can't wait to dig into those Cowboys. I hope the Cowboy fans here. So I'm excited for that. Just tune in two podcasts per week. We're going to tackle a division each. And if you have any, if you want to get on the podcast and talk about your team, Go free, feel right ahead. Um, you can follow us everywhere. Um, you can hit either me or Steven up. Steven, where can they hit you up on social media? Hey, as always, you guys can find me at Coach Zezzy. Uh, I've gotten a couple of messages recently. So, yeah, if you guys want to argue, you want to talk about the MMA show, you just want to talk trash about how uh, weird my name is, that's cool. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do, hit me up. All right. And you can find me both on Twitter and Instagram at the same name, at SportsGuyDavid, at SportsGuyDavid. And um, I, I do all the updates, articles. I'm going to do – we're like me – like I said, me and Steven are going to do articles and podcasts both on those teams. Uh, if it's your team, hit us up. We'll we'll, we'll, um, we'll get you on the podcast. We'll get some fan – I need some fan intakes, some hot takes from the fans, mm. different point of views from fans and analysis. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you guys are too. And um, that's it. So you guys have a great day. That's Steven. I'm David Zalsaforth. I'm out. <laughs>